Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us again on whatever platform you're listening on and wherever you are currently listening. Now, today's topic is going to be about accountability, especially with the little things and holding players accountable to those little things. Uh, Accountability is a word that we hear so often in the coaching world, and it's worth dedicating its own episode to. So we're going to be talking about holding players accountable, what that looks like on and off the court, and like I said at the beginning, holding those players accountable even for those you know so-called little things so to help discuss this topic i'm very happy to be joined by coach christina rady coach how are you today good thanks for having me oh it's a pleasure i'm glad glad to have you here to to talk about this subject because again you know accountability we we hear the word uh used a lot but i I think it's worth you know just talking about what that means and what that looks like in a basketball sense so really looking forward to getting into this so coach let's go ahead and get started with an introduction to you uh your basketball journey your coaching journey where is it taking you and where you're currently at right now yeah so uh my basketball journey geez (laughs) Um, I actually, I, I played high school basketball at Long Island Lutheran Blue High, where I currently am now. And, um, after I played, it's a, it's a small school in Brookville, New York, kind of hidden. Not many people knew about it. Um, the prior head coach had reached out at the time and I actually grew up 15 minutes down the block and didn't even know it existed. (laughs) Um, So I said to my mother, I'm not going to a place called Blue High. Um, so I played for four years. Um, I had a great experience. I went on to play at Trinity College uh, in the NESCAC for four years. And then when I graduated, I, I knew I wanted to get back into coaching. I'd always been in the AAU world a little bit. I've had teams pretty much since I was a junior in high school and just really enjoyed getting them from a young age and really teaching the basics. And after I graduated, I came back to coach at Lujai for the head coach, Rich Slater at the time. I knew I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could and kind of see what avenue I was trying to take. And I became the assistant athletic director at Lujai um, after subbing a little bit and receiving my master's and things sort of started falling into place a little bit. Most recently, um, I started my own youth sports company called Empire Youth Athletics, which the mission is about little things. So (laughs) I'm excited to, to really delve into that. And this past April, our head coach after 10 years had stepped down at Lujai and I was offered the position to take over our nationally ranked program. So that's where we are now. A little bit of a crazy year for the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's really, it's, it's been a great ride so far and it's kind of just starting again. Right. So, so you're kind of like a, a local story, you know, so to speak, from yes. Lujai and, and everything. And no, I think that that's great. I always love hearing about you know, coaches who, who talk about, you know, going back to their home area or sometimes their, their high school that they went to and played at. Like, it's, all, it's always must be fun for, for that journey to kind of come full circle like that. So I think that that's great. Um, so you touched on it, and I'm going to touch on it as well, uh, about uh, Empire Youth Athletics. And, and it's just interesting to me to, you know, for, to hear about coaches and uh, not only coach at a school, but then they go like a step further and then they go and branch out into other areas to get involved and in other areas to stay active. And I I find that really admirable. So I want to talk about that. What, what is 
um, your mission? What is Empire Youth Athletics? What, what made you inspired to, to kind of get that going? And, and, and what was that journey like? Yeah, so I've always worked for a ton of AAU programs throughout the years. Um, and we really, a group of myself and two colleagues, actually, who I went to high school with, they were seniors when I was freshmen. Um, we came together and we said, we really feel there's a need for a different type of AAU. Um, aside from the traditional, you know, you play to be on social media and yada, yada, yada. It's about what jersey you're putting on and, and, and. We, it's gotten away from where we were younger. You tried out for one program and you made that team. Um, and if you made that team, it was a big deal. And if you didn't, you tried again next year. Mm. Uh, not that it, I don't want to say it's totally watered down, but it, the idea of AAU has changed. So we really wanted to find an AAU program that was less focused on offense and scoring 20 and being on the right platform and, and all those things. And it's not to say that's not important, important in the recruiting world, but we wanted something for younger kids. That's how it started really, to learn the fundamentals, but also to learn the intangible objects, which were being lost in AAU, right? We traditionally think that uh, that happens in the high school world when coaches have them for an abundance of time and whatnot. And AAU was run up and down, you need to get into shape. There's maybe one or two practices a week. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of every program, but that was the trend in New York of where things were really going. And there are some wonderful, wonderful AAU coaches out there who have taught us so much. And it was just taking bits of pieces of everything that we learned. And then really having an emphasis on, can we make coachable athletes? Um, can we bring an insane amount of energy? can we require and hold these kids accountable to doing the little things? So it, it honestly started with the whole Steve Nash study um, of how many positive interactions he has during a basketball game and someone counted them and it's an insane number. And when you tell the kids at the beginning of the, our clinics and our training sessions, they look at you like 185 positive <laughs> interactions. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, so, and we talk about what those look like. It's obviously not just high fives, but it's pointing at somebody if they give you a good pass. And we really, really try to demand that during all of our workouts. I, by no means do we have the most talented kids, but we have kids who are really passionate about getting better and showing mm -hmm. up. And we always ask, okay, like you're here, you have to have fun. You have to give 110 right? Like if, yep. if you're here, you come on a Monday night, whatever day of the week, and you're not having fun, there's a problem. And if you're not giving 110, why are you here? But then that extra step is pushing somebody else to get better. So like for the hour and a half that we're together, your teammates, you should know everybody's name, whether you've just met them five minutes ago, whether you've known them for however long, mm -hmm. but are you pushing someone else to get better? So that's how Empire came, came about a little bit. <laughs> And, and it, it sounds like, you know, a, a lot of your, you know, kind of personality is, is really, really in it. Your philosophy is in it. And like we talked about with the idea about accountability and the little things like that it seems to me like that's something that, that you really value and, and that maybe there, maybe you didn't notice it as much. or Maybe it wasn't as, you know, obvious in, in other programs that you saw. Right. And so, so that was something that was really important to you that you want to make sure that you were really intentional about that and that the, the players who are involved know that, hey, this, this experience might be a little bit different than, than other experiences are. Exactly. So 
uh, again, our topic uh, today is is on on accountability, and and even if it is accountability on on those little things. So so let's start more in general for you. W- what does a- accountability mean to you in in the basketball sense when you think about as a coach? You know, I'm I'm going to hold my team, I'm going to hold my players accountable. What does that mean to you? I think in general, and a very loose way of explaining it is just setting a standard and then carrying out that standard. Um, and making sure that whatever you do, that's a non-negotiable for you. Like we always say, um, you have your negotiables where, okay, like you're flexible, different things, different times, but when you have a program, AAU, high school, middle school, whatever that program looks like, whatever sport that looks like, I think coaches come up with their Mm non-negotiables. I am not okay with kids being late. Uh, I am not okay with us walking to drills. And regardless, I think being able to hold your kids to those standards, or that's how I define holding them accountable. Um, something we talk a lot about, and this is something that we haven't fully achieved yet at where I am and where I've been, mm-hmm. is a player-led accountable system. I think mm-hmm. traditionally speaking, we speak about accountability and coaches hold everyone accountable. You lay out the ground rules, uh, you give your guidelines, some coaches have contracts that they have kids sign, like that's holding people accountable. Um, but I think something just delving a little bit deeper and the really great programs, which separates good from great is the programs who have their kids hold each other accountable. And I think that that's definitely where, where a lot of programs would love to get to where the players, players know the expectations and they know what, what, what is expected and they're keeping each other accountable because then it also takes a little bit of work off of the coach too when the players are the ones saying it. And I think that players, I'm not saying they don't listen to their coaches, but it really does mean something when like another player is telling them like, hey, you know, you don't, you don't walk into this drill or, you know, you better make sure you're on time. I think it's kind of like the perfect world <laughs> type type situation. Yeah. So you, you talked about uh, the idea about like setting, setting standards and carrying out that standards. And I think that one of the, the tricky things for a lot of coaches is wondering how many to set to where it's not so overwhelming, where a team feels like, you know, there's all these standards, there's all these things and being held accountable. But at the same time, you know, there are certain ones that have to be in place. So throughout your coaching journey, how has that process been like? How many how many standards or non-negotiables do, do you feel like you have? And has that kind of changed over the years at all? It has totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started, I was like, all right, here, here are guidelines. Here are 100 rules. I would say to our head coach <laughs> at the time, you need to have 100 rules. Like, we, we need to list every possible thing that could happen. Um, and I think as time has gone on, I've learned that to an extent, discipline is freedom, which is actually a phrase that our athletic trainer tells me all the time. I'm OCD. I am so OCD. Like I need everything in front of me, everything planned out. Um, and I think as I've taken on different types of roles and have interacted with different type of athletes, I've realized it's less about the amount of standards and just more about picking out which ones are your non-negotiables and which are the most important to you. I think if you have a hundred rules, there's more, there's a higher chance, like kids aren't remembering all of them, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a million things, it's all, but if there are four things that they really, really have to make their non-negotiables, and I, I actually, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by great colleagues, a colleague of mine who's a college coach, 
had sent me over some of his stuff for his uh, D3 team when he had taken over as a head coach for the first time. He said, I have four non-negotiables um, and they cover pretty much everything. Cause I, I said to him, I, yeah. I looked at him like, listen, I'm going to have my first team meeting as, as a head coach. <laughs> and I think there are so many rules. And he was like, yeah, it, listen, it's all up to styles. But he said, I ask our guys to be honest. Um, I asked them to be on time. I asked them to be respectful. And I asked them to hold each other accountable. And, you know, like when I put my list together, all the standards that I was coming up with fit into those four. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much easier to relay that message, communicate that message, and to like live it every day if they're small, compact, and the players are constantly understanding and interacting with them. And it, I'm, I'm sure it has to make your life a little easier too when you don't have to, you know, cite a hundred different rules or cite all these different <laughs> rules that they broke. And, 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 and I think that hopefully the the players maybe in a way maybe they feel like a little bit less pressure when it's like okay it's just these four things that I have to hold to but those four things like you said cover so much but they don't have to necessarily worry about like oh is this you know rule 20 or rule like 44 or something like that so (laughs) might give them a little bit more breathing room as well I feel I think it also just builds a trust between coaches and players. Like we're obviously not hoping they get in trouble. Our lives are so much easier if they don't and they take care of business on the court and in the classroom, like you said earlier. Um, So I think that trust of, all right, like we're not putting these in place for when you get in trouble. We're putting these in place because these are, this is our culture of the Mm -hmm. program. This is what our expectations are. And this is what you will be held accountable to. Um, our goal is to not have to to run because of these or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying like, don't you gum in class, something, something silly like <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where we're expecting them to break a rule. And we've had really challenging teams in the past where we were dealing with discipline. So this has been trial and error, honestly. Like we've had teams where we've had to be more strict with, and I think it all depends on the level of, are your kids buying into the culture? Um, do they trust you? What is your relationship like with them? And as we move towards this year with a little bit more freedom of the, those and ha- kind of having those four non-negotiables, I mean, I'll let you know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I know that when you have to, uh, you know, kind of step away from from what you your, you inside feel, like you said, oh, God, I have OCD and I want to do this, this, and this, but you know, you have to let go. You sort of have to kind of let them do it and then like see how it goes and I'm sure you'll be holding your breath a little bit and (laughs) hoping for the best but I I think that um like you said it's just a lot lot easier if if you just maybe have a few and then you know you can say like okay well this happened like what of these four you know standards that we set does does this fall under and and hopefully hopefully I'll have some success with that and 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 as we know and as you just mentioned one of the things that that will happen is you know players are gonna walk to drills players are going to be you know late and and you are going to have to hold them accountable for that so when these you know uh, call them rules or whatever the standards you set in place when they're being challenged or when you feel like your players aren't following through with those what is what's the next step how, how do you hold them accountable when when those situations arise I think it kind of looks different for every player. I would love to say if a kid is not respectful or doesn't walk to a drill. I mean, some are some are definitely more set in stone. Like if a kid falls and they don't run to pick her up, which is one of our things that like we focus on. Mm-hmm. 
okay, you, you get a warning and the second time we're just going to run. Like little things like that, right? But if a kid, um, if a kid's not talking during a drill and we expect them to, I think it totally depends on our relationship as coaches with the kid. There are certain kids where you need to pull to the side, put your arm around them and be like, hey, we're, we're talking about you growing with leadership. I need you to speak during these drills. Where there are other kids where you can, you can get on them a little bit. You can, you can yell and, and you can hold them responsible. I mean, I'll never forget our past head coach when I played at Lujai. It was the type of thing where if so-and-so wasn't doing the right thing, it was, Christina, your fault. It doesn't matter. Like, doesn't, you could have been doing the perfect thing, but you want to be a captain one day? It's your fault. Like, you should have told her. Um, and I think there are kids you can do that with, and there are kids where you kind of have to have a different approach with. And you start to feel it out. So it's not to say that there are, it's necessarily break this one, we do this. I think it's definitely situational. Mm -hmm. I think the whole team is always involved um, and just understanding our standards and, and our, our, I guess, yeah, I mean, our standards and whatnot. But I think it's different situationally. And your approach with how you interact with different kids and get the most out of them can't be the same across the board. And, and have you found in, in your own experience any sort of issues where players feel that they're being treated differently or unfairly than others because like, oh, like, you know, this happened when this player did it, but it's not happening when I'm doing it because like you said, you, you kind of looks different for every player. Have you ever had any challenges where players feel that things are ever being unfair or things in your playing experience or coaching experience worked out with that so far? No, it's, it's definitely happened. I think the things that are more set in stone, like if a kid is late to class, that's pretty standard across the board. This way, if so-and-so is late to class, they understand that when this kid is late to class, those types of things aren't different. Um, but when our seventh grader is not speaking during a drill and our senior is not speaking during a drill, that conversation has to look a little different. And that they understand when that communication happens. I think it's when there's just a, I don't even want to call it a punishment, but when there's mm -hmm. a punishment and there's no communication afterwards, when it's left to kind of speculate and, oh, well, wait a second, you, you didn't just get on her. Well, mm. Yeah, she's been with us for two weeks and you've been with us for three years. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I definitely think there's a wide spectrum of types of things and, and whatnot. But again, anything that's black and white or so to speak or if you, you break one of our rules okay like we're gonna run you're late to practice it's never going to be different for different players like you got to do what you got to do um but in regards to those little things you just expect more certain kids know more and then as those kids get older you expect the same thing from them so full picture they're going to understand that they were treated the same way in stages right. um but i really think it comes down to just communicating about it and and why did I just make you do that? Sometimes they have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and you have to tell, you have to tell them why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. It, it's you, sometimes I know as like a coach, you say something or there's some consequence and, and you think they understand why, but then they don't. And you have to know that you have to be like, wait a minute. Okay. We have to have this conversation and yeah. out like, okay, this is why this is happening. And I think that kind of goes a little bit into Kind of a follow-up question I had about the the concept of like buy-in because for for you and your staff to to be holding a team um, accountable, 
the players have to buy in that, okay, this is something that I, I'm, I'm with and I agree with and I'm willing to be held accountable to this. Has that always been um, something easy for you or your players bought into what you're holding them accountable for? Has there ever been like pushback on that? What, what's been your experience with that? No, that's a great question. I think we've been really fortunate. We, I'm a part of a, a great school where there's a lot of tradition um, and kids who come here, they come because they want to be great. So they're, they're essentially all giving something up. Um, we have kids that come from the city. We have kids who take the train here. We have kids from other countries who leave their parents at the age of 15, 16. So for the most part, when they join and they become a part of our program and they start our preseason, they're bought in because they've made the commitment that they mm -hmm. want to be great. Um, of course, there's always situational kids are, are not as bought in as you think. Like kids say they want to be great. Are they, are they not showing yeah, I was going to ask you about that, about, well, what it means to them, right? Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when I hear that, like, you want to be great, but do they know what that means? Like, do they know what they're going to be held accountable for, for them to be great, I guess would be my, my thought. That's a good one. I don't think they always know upfront. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people say they want to be great. And it, it's such a complex question, honestly, because what does it take to be great? To some people, that means staying in here for seven hours or getting shots up three times a day. I think that looks different to every kid. And I think a lot of the time they're shell-shocked when they get here. They say they want to play at the college level the biggest thing is I want to play division one basketball. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Why, why don't you want to play division two? Why don't you want to play division three? You could still be great and do those things. Um, and I think for kids here, it's balance. Like when, when, before they come to our school and we're trying to attract student athletes, it has to be the right fit. Right. So it needs to be a kid who understands how important academics are. Um, we have spirituality going at our school and that's a big piece of Luhai. And then you have to want to practice great, to be great. And if you don't want those things, I think it almost weeds itself out early on. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, and I don't want to say absolutely 100%, but the kids are buying into the idea that they, they want to be prepared both on and off the court to get to the next level and be successful. Um, Let's, yeah. let's no. That's it's a good point that that you bring up. I think in terms of like when you kind of get to know know your players and kind of know what their goals are, that sort of leads into like some level of individual accountability. Like, what are you looking to get out of this experience? Like, are you if you're looking to, you know, go to D one, then there is a certain amount of accountability that you're gonna you're gonna have to accept and you're gonna be held to that is going to look wildly different than somebody who maybe doesn't have those aspirations. And so I think that it's interesting. It seems like in your situation, you have like the, the team accountability and like here are the standards that are, are put in place for this team. But then it seems like you also have individuals on your team who have different aspirations for where they want like the game to take them. And that also requires different levels of accountability for, for them to be held to as well. It's definitely a journey in both of them. I think, honestly, you can't have team accountability if you don't have individual accountability. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that looks very different for every kid and when they start to realize that and when they start to notice that. I mean, you have kids who get 200 shots up a day and then there are other kids who are used to having their name in the paper and have just, that's never been a part of their routine. 
and and we we ask those things of them we ask them to be the first kid in the gym and the last kid to leave and i think they that's part of the process that they they start to understand here but until they hold themselves accountable if you don't show up every day how can you be a leader mm -hmm. <laughs> right like how are our younger kids supposed to look up to you if you're not showing up and that's you holding yourself accountable but we can't have team accountability if our leaders aren't taking care of those things on their own. Right. And, and I think that some, something that, that kind of fascinates me uh, about this topic, because I haven't really, really been in this situation, but I've talked to a couple coaches who have, and, and you are as well, is you have players who have these certain aspirations and, and are, are really looking to be pushed, but yet it's, it's, probability that some of their their teammates aren't necessarily like on the on that same path and are, aren't going to maybe necessarily put in the same amount of time because maybe they don't have like a d1 aspiration so are, are those conversations that you you almost need to have with these players where it's like i know that this is where where you want to get to and this is the amount of work that you need to do but you can't like be frustrated or you can't like get too upset if the other people on your team aren't really like going to put that amount of work in. I'm, I'm always fascinated about how that dynamic kind of works out. That this might not be the most popular response to this. That's okay. <laughs> I'm going to say they can be frustrated with other people who aren't willing to put in that amount of work only because the kids that come here are all coming for a common goal. Um, we we want to be a nationally ranked program. We want to win a New York State championship every single year that we compete. Mm -hmm. And all these kids, they say they want to be great on and off the court at the next level and to be prepared. So, I, again, I know it might not be the most popular answer. No, no that's okay. If there's a kid that hasn't learned that yet, they might not be for us. And that mm -hmm. sounds a little harsh, but I think they're going to have a tougher time because there are girls in this program who will turn around and say, you know, we don't do that here. You, you have to go hard in every single drill. You have to put the ball in the hoop for the drill to end. That, that's just not what we do. And it takes time. It definitely, definitely takes time. And there's 100% frustration there. And I think it's less about having those conversations like, hey, she's, she's not, remember you were there once, right? Like you were in seventh grade and, and we had to have patience with you. <laughs> um, and your upperclassmen, how did they talk to you? How did they treat you? Now it's your chance. To, to speak to these kids who aren't quite at the level of what we're used to just yet, how are you going to make an impact on them? But it's okay to be frustrated. It's just, how, how are we dealing with that? Like, are you throwing your hands up in the air? Are you pulling that kid to the side? And you act, are you actually talking to them and being a mentor? Well, I, I, I think that even if your team doesn't, you know, necessarily have like the aspirations to like necessarily win a state title, you could still have your leaders be like, hey, like we still finish out drills or we, you know, these are the things that we do. And regardless of, of maybe even like what your aspirations are, just that if that's the standard that you want to set and, you know, this is what we're going to hold each other accountable for, then kind of like you said, like it's okay for, for those players to, you know, get a little frustrated or, or to, uh, you know, get on some some teammates, so to speak, because that, that kind of leads into that whole like idea of like player led accountability. Like, yes, there's a certain way you want to phrase it. You know, you want your seniors to you know talk talk to your other players, but that it is that it is kind of okay for for that to happen. But um, it it is. 
something that they have to be taught, I think, how to communicate that message so they don't yes. just like blow up on their teammate or, or things like that. And uh, for, for those listening, just as a quick plug, if you haven't listened to episode 27, I was actually interviewed uh, a collegiate player who talked about her experience having those aspirations and getting frustrated with her teammates who maybe didn't put the same work ethic <laughs> as she did. So yeah, it's definitely something that happens. Um, so are there things now like in-game, so in in-game situations that, that you are holding players accountable to where it's like, okay, like this is what we as a team do when we're on the court. And if this isn't something that you do, like I don't care how good you are, like you're, you're going out or there's going to be some consequence. What are some in-game situations that, that are really important to you and, and your team? That's a good one, um, especially as an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. I cared a lot about our bench energy. And if there were kids who were sitting there who were either sulking because they weren't happy with their own performance, they thought they should have been in the game, whatever the case might have been, like you clap for the girls who are on the floor at any point in time. It doesn't matter if we're up 20, down, what, whatever the case is, we bring the same amount of energy on the bench. Um, everyone gives, we call them touches, high fives. No one is too good to do those things. I think another one is just running in and out of the game and it's funny you say this because there's obviously I was telling you kind of about the different levels and that presents different challenges mm -hmm. I had a fifth grade AAU team with Empire last year and I had one kid walk into the game her shirt was untucked and the other kid walked right out of the game they didn't speak like and, and they were just subbing and I called a timeout and I ripped them <laughs> <laughs> and I had a kid on the team who sweetest little thing raised her hand it's like I don't understand why you're mad <laughs> I was like because we we run we run places you're excited to go into the game kids have you out you sprint off the floor it's just what we do like we sprint to everything and that is a standard that we hold each other to your shirt is tucked in you sprint in the game you give your teammate a high five you tell her who you were guarding and you sprint out I said that drives me insane and she was like, oh, okay. And now, slowly, they're in sixth grade now, <laughs> you see them telling each other, like, at clinics, which is crazy. Yeah. And some of the new kids that join us, I always say, like, you could go home and you could think Coach Christina's crazy. Like, what did you learn today? Just pick a teammate up when they fall. Yeah. <laughs> I said, it's not traditional because we don't often focus on these things. But I think it's huge for championship teams. And that could be a fifth grade championship at a random tournament in New York City. Or that could be a New York State championship in the AA bracket. But I think winning teams have certain things in common. And they're very disciplined. And it's just important, you know. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have you, you follow up on that. I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is, but I, I want to make sure that that it's out there. Like, why, why do these things matter so much to you? Like, what I mean, because I can tell that you're passionate about this. I can tell that, like, the way that you know, sprinting to and from, and the way that the bench and the energy and and things of that nature, I can tell that they're very important to you. So, I think I can get the answer, but I want I want to make sure I have it. Have you say it? So, why are those things so important? So important for you? And then, why should coaches possibly be aware of those things and 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 want to implement those things too? I think it's about culture, um, and I don't think that looks the same for any two coaches. So I, I say it's important to me yep. and yep. Uh, to our program, and that doesn't mean it has to be important, and it doesn't mean that another coach is 
less successful at all mm -hmm. because of anything along those lines. But to me, that's always been something that speaks to our culture. Um, when, when people are in the stands and they see a, a Luhai kid and she goes over to them after the game and shakes their hand and says, hi, my name is so-and-so, like, thank you. That, that's the reflection of our program, a reflection of our culture. And I think just being disciplined, you, you build good habits. Um, they're ready for pretty much any situation they're going to be put in, which is our goal, right? Like we want them to show up to the first day of college practice and, and be ready to go. And I think that idea of discipline and culture are the strongest things you could teach kids. I mean, essentially the ball stops bouncing at some point. Um, Love and that phrase. <laughs> a good teammate. And if they're coachable, which I think those are the qualities that you're getting when you talk about these types of things that we hold them accountable with, they're going to be successful in life. And so it goes, you know, it goes beyond basketball then. And, and you know, these, the way that, like you mentioned, the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they sort of go about their business. It sounds like, to me, like the basket, it's, it's not necessarily anything like basketball related. And it's, it's like, if you do these things and you have these practices, these are the things that, that you believe, like if you do these things, they're going to serve you well later, like you said, like when the ball mm -hmm. does stop bouncing. Right, right. I, I just think, all right, you're early to practice, you're early to a job interview. 15 minutes, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. You can't just go strolling into an interview one of these days, you know? So I, I think kind of setting those things early, they're just so relatable in every aspect. Yeah, and, and I think that, that that's something that always, I think, as, as coaches that, that we have to kind of think about and, and consider, like, the things that we want to hold our team accountable for, the way that they you know, play and the things that happen, you know, maybe more X's and O's, but then also a separate set of like, okay, what are the things I want to hold them accountable for? Because I know it's going to help them be better people and, and, right. and grow up to be better people. And, and um, I, I think that, that that is something that's definitely important for, for coaches to consider. Now, um, I, I want to ask, because I think that we kind of all have our, our, our stories with this when it comes to accountability. Like when, when you have things that you hold players accountable for, there are tough decisions or, or, or times when you really have to enforce it. And it, it may be a, a tough decision that you have to make, or, or it may be something that, you know, oh man, I, I really didn't want to have to, you know, have to hold you accountable for this because of whatever, but I know I have to. Have you had situations like that where, you know, it, you had to hold somebody accountable and it, it was tough for you or it was a tough decision or, or you know, it, it just got to that point where, you know, it, it may hurt the team in some capacity short term, but you had to do it anyway? We had one of the best players in the country a couple of years ago. The greatest hear it in your kid. voice. <laughs> the greatest kid. Like, I love this kid to death. <laughs> She's playing in college now, doing awesome. We were away. She forgot her practice jersey, and she missed the bus. She slept mm -hmm. through it. We were playing the number three team in the country. She sat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that was one of those, like, I just wish somebody woke you up for the bus. Come on now. Like it hurt so bad that we had just made the long trip the night before down to the DC area. Um, it was one of the biggest games of the year. And I would like to think it has made her a better person and more successful in college. And we told her like, 
listen, no one, no one's bigger than the team. <laughs> no one, no one wanted to do it. Like it doesn't feel good when no. kids break these rules. It does not feel good. You have like that pit in you, but you know what? She never missed a bus again. Yep. At least not us. <laughs> I think that was probably one of the toughest ones. And, you know, and not that any of them are easy, but you stack up everything. We're on an away trip. In fact, one of our other assistant coaches had just had his second daughter. She was just born the day before. He had just drove up or drove down um, <laughs> to, to the tournament. And he was like, I cannot believe so-and-so is not playing. Like, you didn't tell me before I made this. And I was like, listen, she missed the bus. Um, and he was like, come on. And, and it hurts everybody. But you know what? I think those are the greatest learning moments. How did your, how did your team react to, to that decision? Oh, they, were pissed. Yeah. They, they were pissed at her first mm -hmm. pissed at us. Right. That, I think that's the first stage. And then they understand, you know what? She broke a rule. <laughs> if any one of us did it, you know, that, that it is what it is. Like, coach I understand you have to do this and then they were pretty pissed at her which mm -hmm. I think is okay like I, I think I definitely think that that's okay and in fact you almost want that yeah. a little like if they can be pissed like I'm pissed so-and-so was late to class and we had to run okay yeah. well now the pressure is on you because you can't let your teammates down I think that's a whole different level it's one thing to let your coach down it's another thing to let like your sisters down. That, that's mm -hmm. a totally different ball game. I think you feel it a little different. So absolutely. And, and the players, the players never, never forgot that. And they know, and, and I think that that, what that does is, you know, that, that tells them like, well, I, I for sure know that like all of us are going to be held accountable and, and, and you make yeah. that decision and stick with it. Like there will be no like disagreements or arguments or anything like that in the future like clearly this is something that matters because this was the consequence for you know th this not happening and and I, I I think that that is in an ideal situation you know that frustration or whatever gets gets turned to like the player and then hopefully that leads to like them like helping each other out or you know make sure that you know you're awake and and, and you know right. holding each other accountable in that way so that those consequences don't end up happening and that if that, then it, if that works out then just makes your team better now that you know they're holding each other accountable even more because right that situation right. had just happened right and with that i know when it comes to accountability i know that when you are holding um your team accountable i know that your players are always watching the coaches as well and and seeing that the coaches are holding each other accountable or that the coaches are uh, you know doing the things that, that they want to hold the team accountable for um and, and i'm a, i don't want to assume so i'll just ask like is is that very important for you and your staff to be aware of that you are also following through and are holding each other as a staff accountable for the same things that you're holding the team accountable for yeah, absolutely. I also think that's something I haven't really been the greatest at in my career. Like when I was young and I would start and a kid would roll her eyes at me, my body language was not always great. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> like I was visibly angry or upset with it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that as I've gotten a little older, I, I've understood how important body language is. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, coaching high school basketball, coaching young kids, they're kids. And, and they're here to learn, right? And if I can't set a good standard, 
how can I ever expect them to do it? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think it's that there, there's always going to be passion and there's always going to be, I, I think it's even good to argue in instances. And our old head coach who I played for, Rich Slater, um, and I used to go back and forth. Like we were always going back and forth. And that continued when I was his assistant. Um, in front of the kids, we always had a united front, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was really important. And I held him, him accountable and he held me accountable. Mm-hmm. There were days where he would say, you were not on your game today. And I think that's honestly where I learned a lot of this from, where it is, it is all of us in a program. Like it is, it takes a, a true village of everybody holding each other to these standards. But they're kids who are always watching and they're sponges yep. and they're always absorbing. So if you're off for a day, it doesn't matter. Like you lost them, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's really, really important and something that I've tried to kind of preach to our staff and both in, in every single arena, both people that work for us, people that work in our athletic department, it's, it's all about body language. And, and if you're asking them to do something, you better be doing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's not easy, <laughs> like you mentioned. It's no. not, it, it doesn't come necessarily like naturally and... I think it takes a fair bit of restraint and you have to kind of swallow some things down or, you know, react to, uh, um, differently than maybe you would, you would want to, but you know, like, I think it just makes your team, I'm sure it makes your team stronger and the bond stronger when they know like, all right, you know, this is my coach is doing it. And I know that this, their staff is doing it. So I definitely am going to do it. Like, cause then they know that it really is something that's important because if the, if the coaches aren't, you know, doing something and they're telling the players to do it, I can imagine the players will be like, well, is it really that important? Because clearly the you know, coach doesn't care or like, it doesn't matter to them. You know, if I, I always use the example, like if we just preach being on time and then coach is always late. Well, like, does it really matter? I think that, yeah, that'd be no, one of those things. A, it's a breach of trust mm-hmm. essentially too, right? Like if you, if you're asking these kids to give you everything you have and run through a brick wall for you, they need to know that I'm on the other end running through a brick wall for them. It might look different and I might be in the office watching film for hours and I'm asking them to get shots up for hours. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's, it's the same idea of like, right. It's, it's the same idea of though, like I'm putting in all this work, you're going to put in all this work. We're going to be doing different forms of work, but we are still working incredibly hard (laughs) to to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, now you, you kind of touched a little bit on it about some things off the court about holding accountable and, and that's, that's a tricky, that's a tricky one because you're not there and it's not necessarily maybe like your, your team. It could be like things in the classroom or things that players are doing like outside of basketball. What level of like accountability, I hate to use the word control, but like what level of accountability do you hold your players to in terms of their conduct and the way that they conduct themselves away from the court? I think wherever they go, they're a reflection of our program. Um, I think on social media, they're a reflection of our program. In the classroom, reflection of our program. They go to the supermarket, reflection of our program. Um, And I think that looks very different across different ages. So with our high school girls, if you talk back to a teacher, that is our problem. (laughs) That, That is a Luhai Lady Crusader problem as far as I'm concerned. If you go out into the community and you're rude to a stranger or anything along those lines, or you're doing anything that you wouldn't be 
proud of essentially that's an issue because I think when you play for a program you're you're a part of something right that's it sounds corny but you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself yeah um, so you you represent your teammate who maybe didn't make that decision but you know what you now are a Luhai crusader and I think it it works positively and there are definitely benefits but there are also negatives when it comes to being a part of a special program like that I think the positive aspect is some college coaches call us and they know a kid that comes from Luhai, they take care of stuff in the classroom and they have a reputation. But I mean, we, we go to, we, we're at a small school. We have 400 kids, a school that I personally went to. So if you're not taking care of business in the classroom. There can't be basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if you're doing something that doesn't reflect the values of our program, that affects the 11 other kids and our entire coaching staff. Um, so I think when we talk about holding people accountable, it's so when they go out there, they're, they're representing our program well, they're using their platforms well, which is a big thing that we've spoken about this year, honestly, is just using their platforms for positive change. Um, but, and, and then you talk about it at the younger level. And when I speak to our younger kids at clinics about holding each other accountable, it's one day you're gonna go to a tryout and coach is gonna say, okay, line up on the baseline and you might be the only kid that runs there. And then after the workout's over, you're going to go thank coach, shake their hand and say, thank you very much. And you might be the only kid who does that, but you know what? Someone's going to say, oh, that's an empire kid. They clapped the entire time. They gave touches. And I think it's non-skill related. All of these things are, you're not born with it. It's not talent that you're given from God. It is none of that, um, So I think off the court and those little things, even when you're on the court, but that aren't necessarily X's and O's related, it's just what reflection do you want them to be and are they bought in and is this your culture that you're trying to share with everyone? And, and I'll ask it kind of as, as a follow-up for that, because I, I, I think that I think that that's that's great, especially like the you know the classroom stuff and, and, and the, the supermarket and the social media stuff. I, I guess I'll just ask for, for you and your staff like, how do you find that you have like the energy for that or the energy to like really make sure that these things are 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 following through on and and that you know you're you're holding them accountable for things off the court as well like in terms of commitment i i i imagine and i could be wrong i imagine that is quite the commitment for you and your staff to you know really get that message out and and hold them accountable so just from a time and energy aspect how how are you and your staff able to do that well, now you know why I want a player-led accountable exactly. team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? I think when you sign up to coach kids, it's a full-time job. And if you think it's just during the hours that you're on the court every day, you'll quickly be mistaken, and it's a rude awakening. So I think it's more so about establishing that culture, and then essentially some of it does take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say it's not exhausting at times, though. I, there, we've had teams in the past where it's been week after week, one thing happens, another thing happens. This is on social media, and it is draining because you know what? You signed up to coach basketball, right? Yep. <laughs> um, but I think you also signed up to teach kids, and you signed up to make them better people. And if you want to be great on the court, I don't know many successful teams who are great on the court and awful off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just a piece of the puzzle. And it, 
yes, it can definitely be exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it takes a lot of buy-in. I think it takes a lot of commitment to it. But I, I just go back to that. I mean, all the championship teams that you look at, I, I think they're great in multiple areas. Mm -hmm. And and like you kind of mentioned, there is like that certain level of like, we'll call it like pre-work, but like a lot of work that you do on the front end, especially to like establish all these things. And then hopefully, as you kind of mentioned, that word or that idea about like the culture of, of your of your program sort of gets out. And then there's an initial, almost like an understanding for people who are coming into your program. Like, oh, like I know that this is what I'm going to have to do because look at what this program has done for the for years and years before I even got here. So hopefully there's a little bit of a, a situation like that as well, where right. like there's something that they already know kind of what they're stepping into. But I think for like new coaches or young coaches, I think that is something that they're going to have to be aware of is that, you know, if these, if those are the things you value about the things off the court, that that is going to be probably a significant amount of work in the beginning, but then hopefully it all sort of pays off at the end and right. gets the results that you want. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to make sure that we touched on, on this, this, this also this idea about like kind of like the little things as well. Um, and in terms of like accountability and like what those little things are. So I, I think for for some people, and maybe maybe me included, and I think of like the term like the little things. I think of things that are like they matter to me, and and like maybe there are little details that are important to me that may not necessarily matter to others. So what what are kind of like your like little things that you definitely make sure that that people are held accountable for? I know we touched on some uh, previously, but are there some other little things that are really important to you? Yeah, I have a variety. I guess some people could even call them like quirky things <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to an extent. I mean, the ones we spoke about, I think if a player goes down, every single person on the floor sprints over and picks them up. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's a huge culture thing. It, it says a lot about our program. Um, I've had kids who don't understand it in the past, I've had kids who think it's silly and think it's stupid and that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eventually they, they will buy into it. Um, I think giving touches is one of the really big things. Like I we spoke about a little bit with Empire, just how it was started, but positive interactions. Um, I think the mind and having support and confidence can do so much for, for players and being supported by people who have your back. I mean, if a kid misses five shots, a shooter's going to keep on shooting. If a teammate tells her she's making the next one, your percentages go up wildly um acknowledging a teammate giving a good pass might be silly might be stupid build builds team culture little things like that and then you have the quirky ones where our, our shirts are tucked in all the time like mm -hmm. you, you sprint from drill to drill college coaches are in the gym i was taught you always shake their hand and thank them for coming little things like that where yes they're intangible um it does not show up in the newspaper, does not show up in the box score at all. We have kids who do little things. And I mean, I consider that to be a charge in a game. Like you're not going to wind up on the front page of Newsday by us if, if you take a charge. We have kids who do those things and they sacrifice their bodies because they care about the team and they, they care about all those things. And without all of those little things put together, we're not very successful. So I think there's a, a wide range of, of what those things can, can look like. But did you say thank you today? Did you say thank you to mom and dad for driving you? 
again, it sounds silly, but someone brought you here. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. I, I just think it could be a wide variety of things. And I mean, for us here, it is those things like running to get somebody, uh, running in and out of the game. I've had kids who genuinely look at me like I'm crazy when they first like meet me. Like, wait, I can't believe you're mad that I didn't give her a high five. Like, mm. I no, I'm livid. <laughs> we <laughs> expect that here. And that's a part of our culture. And I expect you to then take that to wherever you go and to some tryout. Because guess what? There's, there's room on rosters for kids who do the little things. And there's, there's opportunities that are open for them. And it's all about connections and relationships. And if you're doing those things and you're taught to do them, as silly as you might think, it's going to help you out one day. <laughs> Yeah, no, I 100% agreed. And, and, and as I alluded to earlier, you know, even if, if those players' aspirations aren't necessarily to keep playing, like just those little things will help you in a job interview or they'll help you like right. if you're talking to a professor, if you go to college or just like little things like that about just the way that you conduct themselves. And I think you probably, I mean, I'm sure you have to have noticed like huge just improvements from players from when they first come to you to when they leave as seniors. And I'm sure that you have plenty who are, who are grateful and who are thankful, or maybe even those who come back and are like, wow, like, you know, these little things or whatever that I was held accountable for, like they really served me well. And, and some of them, maybe they, you can, you can speak to this, whether they, they come back and acknowledge you for it, or you yourself just know, like, I know that there was no way you were going to do this when you first came to me, but like, look at you now sort of thing. Yeah, and it doesn't always happen that gracefully, I'll say. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think for some kids, and I, I was definitely one of them. Like, I always followed the rules, um, definitely to an extent, a goody two-shoes, did what I was supposed to do very on time, and I, I played for a very demanding high school coach, obviously the man who was here before and then came back to work for him, and it I'm 26 now. I don't know if I fully appreciated every single thing he did for me until like recently. Mm -hmm. and, and every every step you take and you, you have new journeys and new challenges, I think you start to appreciate different things. Oh, someone taught me that, right? Like I yeah. didn't just wake up and come up with these ideas, but somebody <laughs> took their time to instill that in me. And now I can share that with other yeah. people. So if it's not as easy though. Like they go to college, come back and thank you. Some kids, I think it, it takes time and they, they notice it in stages, but I, you'd like to think, right, that you're making a difference and they use those skills, whether they notice or not. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think that for a lot of like coaches and, and, and teachers as well, um, there are going to be things that you teach your students or teach your players that they're going to learn from you that, like you said, they're never going to remember that they learned that from you or they're never going to like think like, oh, like this is a skill that I got from so-and-so. They're just going to do it and they might, ne they might never, <laughs> you know, realize or, or, or understand that it came from a certain person. But even if, they're, even if they don't recognize you for doing it, like as a coach or as a teacher, you still know that you did it. Like you still have to know, like I know that I gave you or helped build some sort of structure for you to give you some sort of skill set. And, and whether you recognize it or not, you are a much different person than you were before and you'll probably be a much more successful one. And so um, I, I think that, like, like you said, you'll probably get some odd looks 
but I think it's better to get those odd looks or those weird looks for those things when they're younger than for them to just never learn it and then just leave your program and never right. have done those things at all. <laughs> it's not for everybody. It, not that everybody buys yep. into this. Um, that is definitely, definitely the case, but you get some pretty special ones who make the decision that they want to. And then it, it's a forever type of thing. Well, that, that, that's kind of a, a good point to mention too. I think when, when you have your program and you have the things that you are holding people accountable for, I think as a coach, you also do have to understand like, this won't necessarily be for everyone and that's okay. Like there are going to be certain people where just they, they, this might not be the program for them or, you know, they, they might not click with me and that's okay. Like I'm not going to change what I'm holding people accountable for just because it doesn't necessarily work for this person. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that might be a tough, tough lesson at first, first, first to deal with, or, you know, like you really want this player, so to speak, but they're not going to, you know, be in line with what I want them to do, then it, it just isn't going to work. And I think that there's a process kind of like you mentioned of just sort of like letting go and just like being okay with that because mm -hmm. you have all these other players who are, and those are the ones who you're going to be working with. Right. So to wrap up, uh, I asked uh, the same two questions that I asked every guest. So I'll start with this first one here, coach. What is a coaching moment of yours from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Hmm, that's a good one. <laughs> um, a moment from my coaching career that I think others can learn from. When I was uh, my first year coaching, we played in one of the best tournaments in the country. And one of our best players that has ever been in the program was having a tough time. And instead of communicating with her, I'd communicated with another coach and the player had thought I was kind of talking behind her back about her. <laughs> it sounds kind of childish, honestly. Mm. Um, but I really hurt that kid in that moment. And looking back on it, I wish I had just communicated with the kid. Like, what I was saying I felt was totally on point and totally truthful. What, like, why couldn't I just say it to her? You know what I mean? And, and as assistants, you talk and, and whatnot. And I love the kids to death. Like, I really, really do. She's an awesome kid. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought she was having, I don't know, I, I don't even remember what it was, honestly. <laughs> I remember looking at our coach and being like, is she kidding me? Like, is she kidding me? And from then on, like, our relationship took a hit. It really did because we had a great relationship where I could put my arm around her and be like, are you kidding me? Um, and I, I think just the idea of transparency and being able to communicate with these kids on, on every level and having them understand that you have their back even if you get on them. Mm -hmm. And because you get on them, you love them even more. I, I would say that was, for me at least, a really teachable moment just moving forward. Like, how would I handle that in the future with other scenarios? And you're in the heat of the moment. I mean, we we're playing one of the top teams in the country. There's four minutes on the game clock. Like, tensions are high with players with coaches on our coaching staff like you're yelling across a ton of fans things like that and I think the, the kids come first and communication is number one and your relationship with a kid is far greater than anything in that moment you know yeah uh, so that's that was definitely a, a teachable moment for for me and I think that what, what I kind of get from that is like, especially in those kind of like high pressure moments um, in a game, 
when you're coaching is to like stay as calm as you can and to stay as like even keel as you can because you probably are going to need to you know have that conversation with a player and if your emotions are like way out there you probably aren't ready to have that conversation with a player and if you end up talking about it with somebody else like you said then that player is like oh they're talking about me so like all of a sudden you just create a situation where it's like well uh, no, that wasn't the case. I just didn't know what to say or how to talk to you in that moment. But you know, it's, it's, it is hard. And I think though that, um, now because you kind of learn from that experience, I'm, I'm assuming now it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that, you know, keep myself ready to be able to talk to the player because that's where the communication needs to happen. And then, you know, go from there. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's some, some of these things, you know, coaches, we just learn from, <laughs> from having to go through them. <laughs> Make a so. ton of mistakes and just keep making different mistakes. So we yeah. tell the girls. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> Don't well. make the same one twice, but you can keep making them. Making new ones, right? <laughs> That's funny. Um, so to wrap up, uh, what I give every guest, I call it like, 60 second soapbox it's their uh platform to get out their you know their closing message their their final thought or their final idea that they want the uh listeners to hear so i'm going to go ahead and give you the floor coach to get out your 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 closing thought to our listeners so go ahead well first of all this is awesome um i had a ton of fun you you gave me some good questions i have to be honest (laughs) but I think the greatest thing that we can speak about is things that weren't related to X's and O's. Uh, We just spoke for about an hour about the game of basketball, and we spoke about pretty much everything that had to do with intangible qualities, Um, doing the little things, right? Running to pick a teammate up, uh, running into the game, little things like that, but also touches and giving high fives, lifting teammates up, making them better players and making people around you better. We also spoke about doing things off the court, right? And not just having a coach holding you accountable, but how do you really build towards a player-led accountable program? And what does that look like? Um, How do you hold kids accountable? And I, I think the first question you asked me was, what does it mean to be <laughs> accountable or to hold somebody accountable? Mm-hmm. I think the really cool piece is we touched on pretty much every aspect that builds a culture of a program. And I, I said one thing along the lines of championship teams, they're not just great on the court. They're, they're often great in every single aspect. And we're preparing these kids to be great, both on and off the court, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be at the their, their job interview down down the line, any situation in life. And I think that's so huge because the game of basketball is not just X's and O's. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge piece of it. But you also hit the nail on the head when you said a large part of our job is making sure they're taking care of business in the, in the classroom and on social mm-hmm. media. And, and a lot of time goes into that. So I think if you're passionate and you're, you're willing to build a true culture and then hold them to that culture, I think to an extent, success takes care of itself and it's, it's what you define success as, right? Like it's yeah. not always wins and losses. Yeah, um, no, I, I completely agree. And, 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 you know, the successes of just building better people <laughs> like that, that in absolutely. and of itself is, is a success. And so, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that point. Um, absolutely. And 
like I said, we, we didn't really talk any sort of X's and O's, but like I said, just this topic of accountability, I think is just one that's worth its own, its own episode to talk about. And, and I think that there's a lot that, you know, we can think about um, th those listening and myself included about, you know, the things that we value and, and what do we truly hold our players accountable for and, and what are the things that are important to us. And I think as we uh, sort of just reflect on our own program, like, like we talked about earlier, uh, it doesn't have to be the same things, you know, the things that are important to you don't have to be the same that are important to me or those listening. But like we said, like, what are those things that we value and, and what are those things we want to hold our, our, our players and, and our staff accountable for? So uh, I think that this is a, a great opportunity for reflection on those things. So uh, Coach Rady, I want to thank you for uh, spending some time talking to, talking about your program, talking about accountability and uh, just in general, just making better people. So thank you for spending some time. Good luck going forward. And, and I hope you have some games that you get to coach soon. Oh, geez, me too. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And, and thank you all for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.